The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. This is Stephanie Hansen, and you are listening to the Makers of Minnesota podcast. We are talking to cool people doing cool things. And today I'm talking with Heidi Mueller, who is with Excelsior Candle. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's going to be fun to have you. Um, And here's why. Because I occasionally do a call, and I called out and I said, hey, does anybody know any makers that they like? people that they think would have good stories. And you came up. You were the highest ranking person. Do you have any idea why that would be? No. I have an idea. You, How long have you been in business, Heidi? Two years as Excelsior Candle. Okay. Were you something else before? I was the vintage pyro. <laughs> okay. Why the name change? I, I loved vintage, and that's where I started making candles for, and it was kind of just as gifts. And things for family. Yeah. And it was kind of a fun name. And I used all vintage containers, 40 years old or older, mason jars, fireware, jewelry boxes, anything that I could turn into a candle, I was. Cool. Yeah. And so it did that for two years. It kind of ran its course. I was tired of going to flea markets at six in the morning, dragging my daughter along and picking out all the jars, cleaning them. And yep. She would keep me on task. And she's like, we're not here for that, Mom. We're here to pick out your jars. You know? So it kind of... Ran its course, and I thought, I really want, I love this, and I'm going to take it seriously and rebrand and see where that goes. And I started, I live in Excelsior, and I thought, I'll name it Excelsior Candle Company because that's where I started and yeah, rebranded, and it's just taken off from there. I've gotten into more retail and more serious accounts and not so, like, crafty. Yeah. Were you working at home, or did you have another job when you originally started? I've been working full-time up until this year. I actually quit in June, and I still kind of float in and out for them. But Congratulations. That's a big milestone. Yeah, and I moved out of my basement. So I had um, a studio in my basement. I took over the kitchen, half of the garage, one of the dining rooms. And once the freight truck showed up in the neighborhood, my neighbors were like, you need to go elsewhere. Yeah. So do you work in like a commercial space then? or? Yeah. So now I'm in the Vandalia Towers in St. Paul. Sure. And cool. I love it. Right down the street. Yeah. Um. So that's a lot of growth in two years to go from going out of your house. And maybe should, I mean, when you think about the trajectory of your business and how long you've been doing it, do you count those other two years as vintage pyro just because that's maybe where you learned your craft? It did. And it took two years just to get everything down. It's more of a science. And I feel like almost like a mad scientist. Right. Just mixing and making things and getting the correct quantities and measuring out the wax and just different melt points. And, and is it essential oils based? What makes a candle smell? I have no idea. So I use both. So I have an essential oil line mm-hmm. and then I have fragrances that I work with. So I have two perfumers that I work with, two different fragrance houses, and they mix the fragrances for me now. So I say, I want a spa smell or I want I get some of the weirdest requests. So beer and bacon I've done before. Right. So I, do you know what bacon 
is going to smell like and how to put that together for a candle? Or does the perfumer know that and you're just going to take what they give you and say it's either working for you or it's not? I tell them what I'm looking for. They put it together and send it to me. Um, Is is making candles expensive? Like, do you have a lot of uh, money in product and does wax cost a lot of money? Like, I have no idea about making candles. It is. I was buying a 50-pound box. It would be about $65 a box. And then your fragrance, back then, I would spend maybe $10, and now I'm buying $400, $500 gallons. Right, of fragrance. Um, And so then a 65-pound box of wax would make how many candles, approximately? Mm, I can do around 200. Okay. Um, Because candles, like, I love candles. Love candles. But they're kind of expensive. And the good ones last longer. So you're paying, I think, for a higher quality of wax at a lower burn point or something. Would that be right? Yep. So it depends on the wax. It depends on the fragrance they're using, because if they're using a higher grade fragrance in your candle, you're going to have a more expensive candle. And same with wax, too. If you're you're buying a candle and the wax is cheaper, then your candle's going to be cheaper. And also, you're also, you have that black soot on your walls and ceilings. Well, yes. You're buying paraffin candles. So when you're buying candles, you want to buy candles that are not paraffin? Right. 100% soy. Even beeswax is a good way to go. I would recommend those. Or your blends. So you could do your apricot or coconut wax blends. Okay. So when you were going out and you were the vintage pyro, what what surprised me about everybody nominating you was how many people did. And what that usually says to me is, as a maker, that you're a real collaborator. Does that make sense? Like, are yeah. you the person when you go to a market that goes and meets everybody and talks to everyone? I and do. why do you do that? What is it about you, do you think? I like that community. I like figuring out other people, what makes them tick, and just helping that growth. And I think we all can just bond together and grow and collaborate and just help each other in this. There's so much room for it. Yeah. And do you collaborate with other candle makers or do you try to like stick just to local other people in other industries or stores or retail? I haven't. I've collaborated with Hagen and Oates uh-huh. and some other local ones as well. And uh, Poppy Stella Rose. So just really cool people who yeah. want their own brands and their and- own candles. Um, do you have to still go out like and make retail calls or tell me what I your do. day looks like? I do. I do a lot of cold calling. I go out there a lot. I'm on Amazon as well. Uh-huh. So a typical day, I get up, I go to my studio, I'll go through my emails, and I turn my wax melter. It takes two hours for that thing to melt. So I turn that on, wait for that, go through everything, and then start going through orders, preparing orders, getting everything to ship out. I do, do you literally make the candles every I day? Four. Yep. Okay. And do you have any help, or do you do it all yourself? It's me. Once in a while, I'll have family or friends come in, but otherwise, it's me. I pour every candle that's out there. Wow. Are you getting to the point where it's hard to keep up? It is. Yeah, because I know you're very successful from what I can gather. I see your candles in lots of stores. and All right, so you pour, and then how long does that take? It, it has to sit for 24 to 48 hours. So from the time I pour it, 48 hours, and then there's the clipping and putting the labels on and just packaging and doing inventory and then getting them out there. And you're doing all of that by yourself. Wow, that's a lot. I love it. I don't even consider it as work. Really, I'm really passionate about it. So you're, when do you go to work in the morning and when is your day typically done? I treat it now as a job. So I get up at 6. Yeah. I'll be at the studio between 8 and 9 and then I'm there all day, sometimes till midnight. 
Whoa, that's a long time. But I love it. It does. The time goes by. And then you go to, do you still do like trade shows oh, yeah. and f- festivals and some of that type of yes. work? Yeah. And yeah, I'm, so I'm a yes. That's your weekends. Yep. And you have, did you say one child? I have three. Okay. So how do you do all this and be a full-time mom and a wife and three kids? They're older. So I have twins that are 23. Okay. And they're out in the world. Yep. And then my youngest is 18. Okay. So there you've launched them as yep. it were. And so when you were thinking like, okay, I really want to start this business, were you thinking about that? Like what your next act was going to be? No, I didn't think it was going <laughs> to take off like this. I just, because I had done jewelry and sewed for 14 years and I just thought this is just going to kind of peter to the wayside too. Yeah, And I like, would just do finance for the rest of my life and be unhappy. And so you're just a creative person that, and your other day job was finance. So this was your outlet and... Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, you made a career then out of your happy place. That's pretty awesome. Did you do your own branding? Because your branding is really nice. I um, had a friend help me out, and then I had um, My Billy Designs Yep, help me with my rebrand. Okay, so nice. And you have 6,500 followers on Instagram. That's a lot for a candle company or a product. How do you think you got there? Do you do all that yourself, too? I have. I've done all the marketing myself. I'm on Instagram all the time. I just enjoy doing that. It's just reaching out to other people and making sure you're interacting with other brands and just everything that I'm interested in there and just making that consistent, too, and posting consistently. So how many times do you post a day? Do you think you should post more than once? or I think you should be doing at least three times a day. People are confused about that. Some people think that if you post more than once, it's too much and it's overkill. But so three times a day is your sweet spot. I think so. And and I think one like post on your Instagram page and then at least two stories. I think stories, people really like that. What do you tell stories about at a candle company? Just where I am. So you can see my events that I'm doing or even that I'm making candles. I'll post if I'm like pouring late at night or if I have a new scent. Yep. Okay. And then when you, do you ever do like collaborations with other people where you do giveaways or that kind of thing? I've heard that's a good way to build Instagram following. Yeah, I do. So I've done it with the Gathered Goods and they're one of the stores that I'm in out in Tonka Bay. Uh Uh-huh. They're one of the biggest Oh, that's really, um, how did you learn how to do social media? Did you, do you watch YouTube? Do you take classes? Do you just instinctually know how to do that too, you lucky thing? I'm doing it myself. (laughs) (laughs) I would love someone to help me out though. (laughs) Really? What? Because it's just feeling like it's too much or, yeah. yeah. And, and then Facebook too. Do you put as much stock in that? I don't. I put a lot of stock in Instagram and then I just kind of post out. I don't go on to this. And as you are right now preparing, like, so it's October, are you preparing for the holiday season or is that like you've already got that in the can? No, I'm gearing up and I'm actually hiring. So I'm going to be putting a notice out here pretty quick that I need to hire people for staff because I'm going back into Mall of America starting November 1st. Oh, you're going into RAS. Yes. Okay. It's my second time in there and I'm there for a year. So it's a permanent for me. So I'm pretty excited about that. I'll be in Union Market. It's a brand new... Um, store down in Mankato. Okay. And then Riverside is another mall down in Mankato. So I'll be in that. And then just a bunch of events, North Local Markets. And- so you'll be hiring people to work these sales. events and yep. do sales for you. Um, can I ask a little bit about Rest Market? That has been such a tremendously successful outlet for a lot of makers. Do you remember when you got contacted last year for it? Yes. And what were your feelings about it when they said, hey, we're going to put all these makers together in one store? I was super 
Did you know it would be successful? I didn't know what to expect or how. I didn't. I didn't think it. I would be successful. Okay. I didn't know how it was going to be. I was really nervous about setting up my own space. Yep. But it all worked out. Did they ask? Like, did you guys share? Like, one of the things that I know, like, you're a single proprietor. So, did you guys share resources for working the store so that it made it possible that? 12 of you or however many, I guess we're 22 or something in the first one. Yep. Yeah, so we could share staff. So if it was it was uh, my friend uh, Bobbles and Bobbies and then my friend Kim Petters, and she and us three could share staff. Okay. So we kind of broke it out per, per week and then looked at, okay, well, we need X, you know, this many hours so this person needs to work, and that's how we would cover all the shifts. And um, so when they came back to you this year, was it a no-brainer because it was a strong... Did you sell a lot? Yeah. Um, Did you have to, at any point along the way of being at the market, increase production? Yes. Okay. So that was a good problem to have. And that was at a slower time. So I was there March through June. Okay. So now I'm going into holiday. So it's going to be November, and then I signed a year. So I'm going to be there for a full year. Are, and, and the way that the RAS market works, my understanding is, is you can do like a three-month, a six-month, or a 12-month commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you think that that's a good model? Does it keep things fresh? Or like after three months, like what – I can't imagine – do some of the people sign three months and then want to stay the whole time? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good test for brand new brands that are coming in and they're not really sure of committing that. And so to come in for a three month or a six month and then you get to see your growth and just the community and the support within, then people change their minds. Do you ever think that you'll do more than candles? Like if you've got these fragrances that you love and let's say they're signature to you, you know, would you make them into a lotion or something like we've seen uh, the growth of the Times Company and they started out with candles. How about you? I am. I'm launching a cologne in December. I have a candle that's one of my best sellers and everybody keeps asking about it. It's the Dapper Man. Okay. I'm making it into a cologne because everybody's like, I just want to wear this. And I said, yeah, I know. That's me too. And so you're making a cologne for men. Yes. Cool. Uh, will that have a whole different like marketing scheme, or are you doing it sort of just to see if it goes? I'm going to see how it goes first. It's going to be a smaller kind of a spray. And and I wonder if like women will buy it for men then, because oh. you know what I mean? I think women like their men to smell good. and I think they'll buy it for men, but I also have a lot of women who will buy it for themselves. Okay, so more of a unisex fragrance. Yeah. See, I'm so ridiculous that I'm thinking like in the man-women <laughs> traditional sense. Of course, um, people will, I mean, I wear essential oils as deodorant, so, yep. and I actually wear a men's deodorant essential oil because I think it smells better than the woman's. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. So you're poised for a lot of growth here. So you're going to hire some hourly folks to help you staff the stores, but do you like, at some point do you have to, if you keep growing, hire someone to manufacture your candles? I want to keep it in house. I'm going to try to keep it in-house as much as possible. And then I'll just start training people to pour. Yeah, I was going to say. So, okay. All right. That's cool. Um, Let's let's say two years from now, what are you doing? Where are you? I have a bigger manufacturing plant. I will have a whole fragrance line. So colognes and that and candles and diffusers and air fresheners. And I just really want to be big. And go for it. It sounds like. Um, what are the like next three things that need to happen for you to do that? Bigger space. Okay. To make stuff. 
hiring people and actually kind of letting go. I'm kind of a I like to hang on. It's hard for me to like have other people do things for me. Yeah. So just making the candles. It's just my baby, so I get a little. The word is controlling, I guess. Yes, that's yes, I am. Um, <laughs> and and. And maybe there's other makers that you can talk to that have gone through that process of ultimately letting go because you'll get in your own way yep. if you can't reconcile that at some point. And it is a process of doing it. So maybe you'll give up little things incrementally along the way. But I would encourage you to do that because you've got such big ideas. Um, do you like how do you get your inspiration? Are you do you follow fashion? Do you look at magazines? Are you more olfactory and that you smell something and you think about it? I'm olfactory. I don't I don't read magazines. I'm I spend a lot of time on Instagram, so I'll just go through other people's pages yep. and get my inspiration from there. And just being out in nature. I love nature too. So I have one of my senses like superior mist. And so that reminds me of being up north as a kid. Yeah. Just those kind of things. And that's how I name some of my candles. And when you get a new scent, like, do you know if it's going to be a good seller or not? Like, have you ever had, I'm sure you've had candles that have been duds. I've had a couple that are real duds. And then I've had, (laughs) (laughs) I've had a couple, and I couldn't even give them away and they were so bad. And then I've had a couple where I, red ginger saffron is my favorite. And I would only make it for me and I would burn it or I would put a couple out to sell, but I didn't want to sell them. And people are like, I want to buy this. And I'm like, no, I don't want you to buy that. That's That's my personal scent. (laughs) Yeah. So I've had to make a lot more of those as well. That's funny. Um, are there other makers that admire, that you admire that you just really feel like, wow, if I could be like that person? Uh, I would say Hagen and Oates. I really, I like following them. And yeah, they've done really, a great job. They have a, a furnishing company. They're really two supportive, very strong women. Uh-huh. So I like them. Well, they all thought of you, so really, uh, it's such a you have a good community. community. Yeah. It's really supportive. Well, thank you, Heidi, for being here and sharing with us. It's Excelsior Candle. You can find her on Instagram at Excelsior underscore candle. You can find her at Rass Market. Um, you mentioned a couple of other markets. This Frozen Loon. Okay. Rosedale. So that's brand new. And you had to audition to get into Rosen Loon. Uh, what was that process like? It was nerve-wracking because I had to go up in front of all my peers and audition. And so just getting up and showing my product and talking about it and then walking off stage. What were they looking for? Uh, just local brands, um, up-and-coming and different. And people that had strong point of views about their brands, it yeah. sounds like. Yeah. yeah. Well, great. I'm looking forward to your candles. I hope you have a great holiday season. Thank you. You do, too.